0: Saying Goodbye, Episode 18, July 4th, 2020. Today is Gail's 28th day with Mama. I woke up on this fine Saturday morning and had yogurt, blackberries, and strawberries for breakfast. Afterwards, I opened a can of Dr. Pepper and sat on the back porch listening to the remaining chapters of my accidental president's audiobook. Normally, The city of Hearst holds a 4th of July event at the park across the street from us, culminating in a spectacular fireworks show. Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, the event was canceled for 2020. I changed into my work blue jeans and shirt and proceeded to mow Joan's lawn across the street, followed by Connie's lawn, the Talbots' front lawn, and then our front lawn. With the exception of the house directly across the street, the local drug den, the street looked good. I completed my outside task by cleaning up the poo in the backyard. With four dogs at the house, I definitely had to stay on top of that task. Laura woke up around 2 o'clock, showered, and then we headed to lunch at Spring Creek Barbecue. After mowing all of those lawns, I was famished and completely cleaned my plate, along with some of what Laura had left on hers. We then drove to Target to shop for some items that Daniel would need for his house in College Station that he was sharing with Bryce and Dylan Hutchison and Nathan White for his sophomore year at Texas A&M University. Our last stop of the evening was at Matt and Tabitha's house, where we visited for about an hour and then headed home where we settled in for the evening. Even though there were no official fireworks this evening, just like every 4th of July, our neighbors directly across the street would set off bottle rockets and Roman candles, which would send the dogs into hysterics. Laura gave each of the dogs a tranquilizer pill to help them calm through the night. Throughout the evening, I could hear a firework go off, and all four dogs would stand at attention. Laura and I would talk softly to them, reassuring them that everything was okay. This was our 32nd time to spend the 4th of July together. The first time was in Memphis, Tennessee, on our honeymoon. Time sure has flown by. July 5th, 2020. Today is Gail's twenty-ninth day with Mama. I got up at my usual time for a Sunday, which was around 7.30. I sat out on the back porch admiring my yard until around 8.45 when I got in my car and headed to the donut wheel, my usual stop, before heading to church. Sue and Hal were the owners and were hard-working people that had put two children through college selling donuts. Sue had just gotten her real estate license, so it was always great to hear about her latest listing. As I entered the door, I could see Joe and Pat, an older couple that were a fixture on Sunday mornings. As usual, both had a cup of coffee in front of them. Pat had a plain cake donut on a napkin in front of her, and Joe had a cinnamon roll in front of him. "'Good morning!' Sue shouted from behind the counter. "'Good morning!' I returned. "'Good morning, Hal!' "'Morning!' Hal shouted as he headed to the kitchen to retrieve more doughnuts. The usual, Sue asked. Jalapeno kolache? Yes, please, I said. Also, I would like a cinnamon roll. I give you a banana fritter for free, Sue said. I didn't have the heart to tell Sue that I don't like banana things, with the exception of banana pudding, bluebell banana pudding ice cream, banana splits, and plain bananas. I do not like banana bread, banana fritters, or banana popsicles, which were the last ice cream to be sold in the Splendor Elementary School cafeteria when all the other ice creams had been sold out. The banana fritters were not my favorite and I usually brought them home after church and divided it into four pieces and gave a piece to each of the dogs. Kelsey Branham preached the sermon from 1 Peter 1, 1-2, which was a letter to both the Jewish and Gentile believers in Turkey. After services, I returned home where Laura and I lounged around for the rest of the day. July 6, 2020. Today is Gail's 30th day with Mama. I got in my car and headed to work around 730 On the way, I made a Marco Polo for my brothers and sisters. Good morning from the city of Hearst. It is raining outside. And as you can see, I'm doing this while I'm driving. And um, so I keep thinking because I take care. Dan. I mow a lawn across the street. Daniel and I mow three lawns. Together, and I keep thinking it's going to slow down, but it's not. So, good morning, everybody. Just checking in with you, making sure you're doing okay. Virgil appears on the screen. Well, good morning from Cold Spring, Texas. Doing good here. Work was the same as I continued to maintain the curriculums that I was responsible for. July 8, 2020. Today is Gail's 32nd day to be with Mama. Laura got up with me at 6.30 this morning because she needed to run Hunter to the vet in Gilmer so that she could have a small pencil eraser-sized growth removed from Hunter's eyelid. Laura beat me out of the house, assuring me that she would be back in time for dinner. Are you going to stop by and see Mama while you are there? I ask. "'Yes,' Laura said. "'I will have plenty of time before I head back here.' "'Gail said not to expect much because Mamma's become less and less lucid over the past several days,' I said. "'We'll see how she is when I get there,' Laura said through her car window as she backed out of the driveway. "'My day at work was nothing to write about. I left around five o'clock.' I had been in contact with Laura all day, and she said that the procedure went well with Hunter. They had dropped by Mama's apartment, where Yoda, Mama's little gray chihuahua, chased Hunter around the yard. Imagine that, a 10-pound dog chasing a 90-pound dog around the yard. Laura said that Mama recognized her, but didn't talk for very long before she turned towards the wall. I told her that had become the norm when people came to visit. Laura got onto I-20 and headed home. At the intersection of Highway 69 and I-20, she stopped at a service station to put gas in her car. The man filling up next to her told her that she had a flat tire on the front passenger side. As Laura went around to verify this, she asked the man if he knew of a place that could help her with the flat. The man pointed to a tire shop that sold new and used tires about a quarter of a mile down the road. Laura finished filling up the car and slowly drove towards the tire shop where the owner took the ruined tire off and replaced it with Laura's spare tire. The man told Laura that it would be ten dollars, however, Laura thought that was too little, so she paid him twenty. She thanked him for his help and called me around five o'clock, letting me know that she was going to be later than expected. She finally made it home around eight o'clock, much to my relief. July ninth. 2020 today is gail's 33 33rd day with mama after work today daniel and i mowed pam hardesty's lawn kathy's lawn and chris kathy's neighbor lawn july 11th 2020 today is gail's 35th day with mama I woke up as usual for a Saturday around 7.30. I made three poached eggs, sliced some fresh tomatoes, and made me some buttered toast. A breakfast for a king. Today was a special day because me and Laura were going to join Matt, Tabitha, Ryan, Jason Meyer, and the 12th grade class from First Baptist Church for a nice dinner at the Riata in downtown Fort Worth. Typically, the church doesn't provide such a nice dinner for the graduating seniors, but COVID had caused the cancellation of summer camp, the senior trip, and the robing ceremony at the church. To make up for this, the church decided to treat them to a really nice dinner at a really nice restaurant. The first thing that I did was to take Laura's car to Discount Tire and Hearst, where they replaced all four tires with brand new tires and replaced the spare tire as well. I was willing to spend the extra money because I hated the thought of Laura being stranded on the freeway. Afterwards I came home and mowed our lawn, Joan's lawn, and Connie's lawn down the street. I shaved, showered and hung around the house with laura until around 6:30 when we headed to downtown fort worth where we met up with the senior class from first baptist church at riottas laura and i sat with devon armstrong and anna kennedy the food was magnificent and something that laura and i could only have afforded for very very special occasions As we all prepared to leave I gathered the seniors around me letting them know that I had had a great time being their Life Connection teacher and was so excited to see what the Lord had in store for them. I also told them that my mother was in really poor shape and that I had this urge to go and see her tomorrow. Because of this I would miss them walking across the stage at church the next morning. All the kids assured me that it was okay which took, took an emotional burden from me. Laura and I arrived home around 9.30, watched some TV, and went to bed around 11 o'clock. July 12, 2020. I woke up early and left the house around 7.30 to go to Pritchett. I stopped by the QT in Hearst to get me a large unsweet tea and then headed to Pritchett. I had just made it to the other side of Terrell when the audio system in my car alerted me that I had had a call from Charlotte. Wallace, Charlotte began and then burst into tears. Mama died this morning. My heart sunk. I was hoping to get to see her one last time. When did she die? I asked. She died at 8.40 this morning, Charlotte said. I looked at the clock in my car. The time was 9 o'clock. She died very peacefully, Charlotte continued. Gail and I were with her when it happened. I am so glad that you both were there, I said. I am in Terrell, and I should be there around 10.30. Good, Charlotte said. I can't wait for you to get here. I love you, Charlotte, I said. I love you, too, Charlotte answered. I will see you when you get here. I hung up the phone and stared ahead at the nearly empty freeway. Father in heaven, thank you for my mom. What an incredible life I have led because of the great mother and father that you gave me. Please watch over me, Virgil, Charlotte, Gail, and Gina as we go through this rough patch ahead. I picked up my phone and called Laura. Hello, Laura said after the third ring. Hey, I said, Mama just died. Oh, Wallace, Laura began, I am so sorry. Thank you, I said. I'm still going to Pritchett and I will let you know what the plans are. "'Do you want me to call the kids?' Laura asked. "'Yes, please,' I returned. "'Is there anything else that I can do?' Laura asked. "'Not really. Let me get to Pritchett, "'and then I will have a better idea of what the plan is.' "'I hung up the phone and called Matt Hutchison. "'Hello,' Matt said. "'Hey,' I began. "'Mama died this morning.' I'm sorry to hear that, Matt said. Thanks, Matt. Is there anything I can do, Wallace? Not right now, I said, except for could you let our men's group know? You bet. You know you can call me if you need anything. I do, Matt. Thank you, I said as I hung up the phone. I called Donnie next. And then Mike Futrell, my best friend from Splendora. I then called Becky Rowland, another of my best friends from Splendora. Becky lived in London, England, so I'm glad that I caught her. I called Kevin Parlane, my boss, to let him know and was reassured that I could take the time off that I needed. As I pulled into Mama's driveway, I spotted Gail and Charlotte sitting in one of the open bay doors looking towards the road. I pulled my car into the sweet gum grove and turned the engine off. As I got out of the car, both Charlotte and Gail were standing nearby. I gave Gail a long hug and then hugged Charlotte. "'Where's Scotty?' I asked. "'He is on our front porch,' Charlotte said. He's really sad over this because he and Mama had quite a special bond. "'I know that Mama was really fond of him,' I said. Would you like to go see her?" Charlotte asked. Yes, I would, I said. Can you give me a minute or two by myself? You bet, Charlotte said. I eased into Mama's apartment and headed to Mama's bedroom. Mama's body was laid out on her bed with her head at the foot of the bed and her legs stretched out to where her head normally laid. She was on her back, with her head slightly tilted up, and her mouth was opened slightly. I went to the kitchen and brought in a chair from the table, and sat down next to Mama. I had never seen a dead person before. I had been to many funerals and had seen many bodies after they had been to a mortician, but I would never seen a person's body that had been alive just two hours ago. I grabbed Mama's hand and held it tightly and started to cry. Her life on earth was over, and now she was walking with her Lord and Savior in heaven. "'You were an incredible mother, and I'm going to miss you,' I whispered through my tears. Charlotte came up behind me and put a hand on each shoulder, and we both had a really good cry together as we looked down into Mama's lifeless face. After about 10 minutes, I got up and went outside. Charlotte followed me. We each took a seat on either side of Gail, and we all held hands. We hadn't sat there for five minutes when Gina and her son Eugene pulled up into the driveway. Gina and Eugene got out of the truck, and each of them gave the three of us a hug. Gina, Charlotte began, "'can you park under the sweet gum trees? "'The funeral home should be here any minute.' "'Eugene,' Gina began, "'can you move the Tahoe over there next to Uncle Wallace's car?' "'Yes, ma'am,' Eugene said as he took the keys from Gina. "'No sooner than when Eugene had moved Gina's car,' then a very shiny black Chevrolet Suburban could be seen creeping up the private road and then turning into Mama's driveway. The driver turned the Suburban around and back towards the open bay door. The driver stopped the vehicle, turned off the engine, and exited the truck. "'Guys,' Charlotte said, motioning to us, "'this is my friend John from McWhorter Funeral Home in Gilmer.'" He is going to take Mama's body and get it ready to be transported to Houston. "'You've been in contact with Night-A-Funeral Home?' Gail asked. "'Yes,' John said. "'They'll be coming tomorrow to retrieve her body, and from what I understand they will bury her on Tuesday, July 21st, because they are running behind due to COVID.' "'Yes, that's correct,' Gail said. "'We will hold a memorial service for her without the body.' That is what I understood, John said. I will not be able to move her until hospice comes and makes an official declaration of death. Not a problem, Charlotte said. They should be here any minute. Charlotte had no sooner said that than when Belinda from hospice could be seen entering the driveway to Mama's apartment. Belinda and John talked for a minute before they went inside the department. When they entered, we all stood together watching the door to the apartment. Belinda exited the door about five minutes later and headed over to where we were standing. "'I'm really sorry for your loss,' Belinda began. "'If you need anything from me, would you please call me? You have my contact information.' "'We sure will, Belinda,' Charlotte said. "'Thank you for all that you did for us and my mother.' Belinda turned to leave, entering her car and driving slowly out of the driveway and down the private road. "'Let's take our chairs and move under the sweetgum grove,' Gail suggested. "'I want to give John room to move around.' Each of us grabbed a chair and moved it underneath the sweetgum trees next to the cars. Shortly thereafter, John exited the apartment with Mama's body laid out on a gurney covered in a black cloth." We all silently watched as John opened the back door to the Suburban and pushed the gurney inside. I turned to say something to Gail, but stopped, when I saw tears streaming down Eugene's face as John shut the door. I'm going to miss, Grandmother, Eugene said tearfully. Me too, Eugene. Me too. John waved to our group got into the truck and drove very slowly down the driveway and headed back to Gilmer. Charlotte went to the apartment and made sure that everything was in place. As she was returning to our group, Bobby drove up in his F-250 pickup truck with a two-axled gooseneck trailer attached. "'Oh,' Gail said, "'Bobby is here. I am so glad.'" Bobby parked the truck and trailer along the private road, turned off the engine, and headed towards us. Gale met him halfway. Gale and Bobby kissed and then embraced. What are you doing with the trailer? I asked Bobby as I shook his hand. I came to get Gale and take her home, and so I thought that since she was so tired, I would just haul her car back to Cleveland while she rode back with me. That was a great idea and would give us a lot of comfort, I said. When are y'all leaving? I figured that we'd leave sometime this afternoon, Bobby said. I don't want to get home too late tonight. Why don't you and I go load the car right now, I said. That way we don't have to worry about it later. Good idea, Bobby said. It took about 30 minutes to get the car loaded and tied down for the journey back to Cleveland. Bobby and I rejoined the group where Charlotte and Gale were setting up a table with lunch items on it. Wallace, Gale began, "Can you go walk with me?" "Sure," I said. "What's up?" Gale and I walked from Charlotte's place to where my car was parked under the sweet gum trees. "Here's a check for eight thousand dollars," Gale said. "It's your part of the inheritance." "Are you sure?" I asked, what about the funeral expenses? We have paid all of the bills, Gail said. This is what is left over, divided evenly among the five of us. I took the check and put it in my wallet, as Gail and I silently returned to Charlotte's house for lunch. During lunch, we decided that we would have a memorial service for Mama on July 25th at Latch Baptist Church, where Mama, Gina, Kevin, Eugene, and Brittany were all members. I will set up the service order um, if Gina can set up lunch plans for afterwards, I said. That'll not be a problem, Gina said. Everyone in the church loves Mama and will be happy to provide a meal for us. I truly believe that there's going to be about a hundred of us, I said. Just with all five of us and our spouses, our kids and the grandkids, we have over 50 people. With Mama's friends and the church folks, I think we'll hit a hundred people. I agree, Gal said. If there is any problem, Gina, please let us know. I guarantee you that there will not be a problem, Gina assured. We talked for a few more minutes when Bobby announced that it was time to head home. Who's going to take your Mama's dogs? Bobby asked. Virgil took Rocky... Gail said. Charlotte is going to take Toby, and so that leaves Yoda. Well, Bobby began as he bent down and picked up Yoda. This here dog is going to come home with us. I think that would be a nice reminder of your mother. Oh, Bobby, Gail said, that dog is so old and her breath stinks because of her rotten teeth. Are you sure? I am sure, Bobby said. We'll get her teeth fixed and she'll be as good as new. New was 15 years ago, Bobby, Gail laughed. That is a relief, I said to myself. No dogs for me to take home and surprise Laura with. Bobby and Gail left with Yoda. Gina and Eugene returned home. I'm going to head back to Hearst, I said. There really isn't anything left for me to do here. So you all are just going to get up and leave me here alone, Charlotte said. You have Scotty with you, I said. I know that, Charlotte said. I just want to be with you all today. I understand, but I think the best thing to do is for me to go home, I said. I hugged Charlotte tightly and then shook Scotty's hands. I will be in touch with the plans for the service, I said. I got into my car and headed back to Hearst, stopping in Terrell at Bucky's to get me an iced tea and some candied pecans. Laura greeted me in the garage. I'm so sorry to hear about your mother, she said. Thank you. You know what I'm going through with the loss of your dad, your mom, and your sister Maria, I said. It's a part of life, and my mom had a great life. This concludes episode 18 of Saying Goodbye.